The Voices of Search podcast is a proud member of the I Hear Everything podcast network. Looking to launch or scale your podcast? I Hear Everything delivers podcast production, growth, and monetization solutions that transform your words into profit. Ready to give your brand a voice? Then visit IHearEverything.com. Bridge Toll, California, customer service number. Highway miles to the gallon, Ford Focus. Thailand Cave Rescue Operation. What is Schema F? Best wine bars in San Carlos, California. Best Western hotels. How old is Ronaldo? What happened with Big Brother? What's a good engagement? How long before a wedding should I send out many save the dates? The first Use IMAP to check email on other email clients. Identify fonts from where to find the Welcome to the Voices of Search podcast. I'm your host, Benjamin Shapiro, and today we're going to talk about why only the strongest survive in the search game. Joining us is Jason Barnard, who is an author, speaker, and consultant at Calicube, which is a groundbreaking digital marketing agency that pioneered the concept of exact match brand SERPs. Yesterday, Jason and I talked about the concept of brand SERPs, owning your name in the eyes of Google and the rest of the world. And today we're going to talk about knowledge panel. And this podcast is also sponsored by Ahrefs. What if I told you that you could monitor your website's SEO health, backlinks, and organic rankings at no costs? Sounds too good to be true? Well, it's not. Because my friends at Ahrefs just launched Ahrefs Webmaster Tools. Ahrefs' new Webmaster Tools product quickly helps you improve your site's visibility by pointing solutions to over 100 technical issues that might be holding your search performance down. Plus, AWT monitors for backlinks so you'll know the most linked to pages and how those links are affecting your rankings. And AWT shares what keywords your website ranks for and compares how you stack up against competitors for key metrics like search volume, keyword difficulty, and traffic value. Look, monitoring your website used to require multiple expensive tools. And now, thanks to Ahrefs, that's not the case anymore because AWT will help you monitor your SEO health, backlinks, and keywords for free. And no, it's not one of those 14-day free trial offers. It's a powerful site audit tool that will keep working for you for free. So check out Ahrefs Webmaster Tools at ahrefs.com slash A-W-T. That's A-H-R-E-F-S dot com slash A-W-T. Okay, on with the show. Here's the second part of my conversation with Jason Barnard, author, speaker, consultant at Calicube. Jason, welcome back to the Voices of Search podcast. Thank you very much. Absolutely delighted to be back. Excited to have you back on our show. We had a great conversation about brand SERPs, about owning your name, understanding the value in not only Google's eyes, but in your leads, your prospects, and your customers' eyes, and how important it is to have your name show up first. Yep, that was a really interesting conversation yesterday. I enjoyed it. Yep. Well, I mean, other than the part where we had to talk about the other Ben Shapiro and how when people search for my <laughs> name, somebody else shows up, that was a little frustrating, but that's neither here nor there. Today, I want to talk to you a little bit about knowledge panels. So let's start off, give me the definition of what you consider to be a knowledge panel. Well, that's pretty easy. On desktop, it's on the right-hand side, what we call the right rail. I hadn't heard that term until I talked to Nathan Chalmers at Bing. I did a series of interviews with uh, team leads at Bing, which was incredibly informative because whereas the Google team leads, people like Gary Elias and John Mueller, don't share very much. They tend to be quite cagey. The people at Bing are very, very open. So I did a series of five or six 
interviews with people at Bing, and they shared absolutely loads. Now, Nathan Chalmers is the whole page algorithm guy, which is phenomenally interesting. And we'll talk about that in the next interview, because we'll be talking about Darwinism in search, which is phenomenally interesting and mind-blowing. And he was talking about the right rail. Now, the right rail we can consider to be what Bing and Google considered to be fact. So you're going to have Google My Business in the case of Google. You're going to have knowledge panels. You're going to have C results about. These are things that Google perceives as fact that are either in the knowledge graph or in its, I call it the yellow pages business directory, which is Google My Business. Google My Business is not the knowledge graph. It's a business listing. It's as simple as that. But on the right-hand side, we say this is fact. And on the left-hand side, we say this is our best guess, our advice, our recommendation. And that distinction is very, very important. So the knowledge panel, what you will notice, the knowledge panel has a little share icon. It's the little three dots with little lines joining them up. That's how you recognize a knowledge panel. And that means that Google has understood this information independently of the source itself and understands it to be fact. Whereas Google My Business is obviously information that's fed into Google by the business itself. And the distinction is very, very, very important because if we're looking at entity-based search, Google needs to understand who you are, what you do, and who your audience is. And that's the single fundamental, most important thing you need to focus on today so that your strategy will function tomorrow. If Google doesn't understand who you are, what you do, and who your audience is, how can it possibly start to imagine recommending your offers as a solution to its users? So you mentioned that the knowledge panel is essentially what Google considers to be facts, and then sometimes they're for business listings pulling the Google My Business data. It also means that Google is making some assumptions about what your keyword is. I'll go back to the example we used yesterday. My name. There's another Ben Shapiro. He's a political commentator. Mm -hmm. And when you search Benjamin Shapiro, where my website is the second organic listing on the page, we have Wikipedia showing up first with the other Ben Shapiro, Benjamin Shapiro. Mm -hmm. But his knowledge graph shows up on that page. How do you get a knowledge graph? How do I bump him out of this top spot? Well, I mean, that's a very good question. From the point of view of so far, it only has a knowledge graph for Ben Shapiro, the American commentator. So it doesn't have a choice. It doesn't have anything else to offer. If you want it to offer you as a possibility for Benjamin Shapiro, you do need to get that knowledge graph, the knowledge panel, excuse me. So you do need to get into the knowledge graph. And from that point of view, it's both simple and complicated at the same time. And however you look at it, it's pretty boring. From a point of view of actually triggering that knowledge panel, you need to make sure that Google understands once again who you are and what you do. If it doesn't understand that, it won't put you in the knowledge graph. If you're not in the knowledge graph, you won't get a knowledge panel. And that comes from, I mean, I can't come back to this from what I said yesterday, give your entity a home. Google needs to know where the home of that entity is, i.e. which site, which page on which site is controlled by the entity, the person, or the brand itself. From there, it will look at that and say, okay, this is what Benjamin Shapiro says about himself as a digital marketer. Now I need corroboration. And that's key. You need Google to look at you, say, who is this person? What do they do? And who is their audience? 
and then be able to prove it with this corroborative information around the web. So Google won't just believe you. It needs corroboration. It needs proof. So what are the sources that Google leans on to get that type of cooperation? I'm assuming you mentioned Google My Business for business listings. There's also Wikipedia seems like a pretty reputable source. What are the other places Google's looking to try to validate that what you say about yourself is actually true? Right, yeah. Well, I mean, Google My Business is used, but not as much as you would think. The thing about Google My Business is there have been so many people cheating on it for so long that Google, although it's a direct injection into Google's brain, doesn't necessarily fully trust the information. What it does trust is its control of the information, which is very important. So if you've been cheating on Google My Business, you're probably going to have a few problems convincing Google that your information is true and that the knowledge graph can receive you. Wikipedia is a great example. You just mentioned it. That's an immediate feed into the knowledge graph. The knowledge graph has been using Wikipedia as a crutch, as a source for years and years and years and years. But what's interesting today is it's now dropping that crutch little by little, bit by bit, and looking out to other sources. Now, Wikidata is a very good source. Crunchbase, LinkedIn is an incredibly good source, which is surprising. Facebook, surprisingly enough, Twitter. Your own site, however, is the single most important source of information about you. And I come back to that. Your home, the entity's home, is your site. And it needs to be one page on that site. That one page needs to describe who you are, what you do, who your audience is, as clearly and as simply as possible. And then point to all the corroboration there is online. Wikipedia apart. Wikidata, Crunchbase, a company called Wordlift who have actually created a little space for themselves by having a similar system to DBpedia, which is a database just full of information about different entities. And all of these are valid and reasonable places to point to corroboration. Some of them you will control like LinkedIn or Facebook, and some of them you won't. And it doesn't matter. Bloomberg is an example where you wouldn't control. But if you can prove by pointing out multiple authoritative independent sources that confirm exactly what it is you're saying on the home for your entity, you're going to win that knowledge panel because Google doesn't require notability. And that's important because you talked about Wikipedia. Wikipedia says you need to be notable. You need to be an important brand or person or entity in order to get a page. Google doesn't care about that. Google doesn't care about notability. It cares about understanding. So you can be Benjamin Shapiro, who's never done anything, a farmer in the outback of Australia. If Google can understand who you are, what you do, Benjamin Shapiro, sheep farmer in Australia, it will give you a knowledge panel because it has understood. And it doesn't care if you're notable. It will show you to people in Australia because you are probably relevant to people in Australia. If I get outranked by a sheep farmer in Australia, I'm going to have some serious issues with Google. I understand the political commentator being ahead in terms of ranking for my name. The sheep farmers where I draw the line. So you mentioned that there are multiple data sources, Wikipedia, Wikidata, Bloomberg, Facebook, all the social networks. If you want to try to manufacture a knowledge graph listing, is it as simple as you know, maybe you're not notable enough to have your own Wikipedia page. I've tried to 
create the Benjamin Shapiro Wikipedia page and it just gets merged into the Ben Shapiro Wikipedia page and then deleted. But Wikidata and all the social feeds are a different story. Time for a one minute break to hear from our sponsor, Previsible. So you're looking for SEO help and you got a couple of options. You could start replying to spam from agencies that claim they can get you to rank number one on Google. You can pay an hourly rate for a consultant who will inevitably nickel and dime you with hourly charges. Or you can work with a cookie cutter agency to quickly launch a strategy-less project with low success rate. None of those sound very good, now do they? Well, that's where Previsible's integrated consulting model comes in. Previsible draws from a collective 40 years of SEO and digital marketing experience to unlock your organic growth opportunities. They build custom solutions that combine strategy, technical expertise, content, and reporting to effectively operationalize SEO for your business. Previsible's four-stage approach ensures that your SEO programs thrive by starting off with a strategy-first approach. Then they support you in your efforts to create quality content, help you identify technical issues, and most importantly, they'll work with your cross-functional teams to integrate your SEO strategies to make sure that your SEO budget actually drives results, not just your agency's bottom line. So join brands like Yelp, eBay, Canva, Atlassian, Square, all who rely on the SEO consultants at Previsible. For more information, go to previsible.io. That's previsible, P-R-E-V-I-S-I-B-L-E dot I-O. So what are the ways that you can create enough data where Google can validate what you're saying is true and then have your content show up in the knowledge graph ahead of the American political commentator speaking from personal perspective? Hmm. Right, well, you need to look at authoritative sources within your niche topic. So, for example, if you were confirmed by a dentist site, that wouldn't help you because it isn't relevant. I've heard from Dawn Anderson, who's a brilliant, brilliant person in the UK, and Andrea Volpini from WordLift, who's a brilliant person in Italy. They have both heard from Google and from Bing, but 30 is the number. 30 isn't the number. 30 corroborations of a piece of information to get in the knowledge graph. It's what's been said. And it doesn't matter whether it's true or not, but it gives you a target. If you get one piece of corroboration from, let's say, Wikipedia, you'll probably get in. If you don't get that, maybe you need 30, maybe you need 40, maybe you need 50, but you need a significant amount of corroboration for any piece of information you're giving. Now, I had an interesting experience with Wikipedia. I had a Wikipedia article about me. I had one about my cartoon characters that I created in the noughties with my ex-wife, Buwan Koala, the blue dog and the yellow koala, and another one about the folk punk band I was in in the 90s, and they were all deleted within two weeks. And they were all deleted because I messed with them too much, which is fair days. And then what I had to see is how did the knowledge graph react and how did the knowledge panel react? And the answer is when you don't have a Wikipedia page, Google, once it's understood you, will not think it has understood you less for the absence of that Wikipedia page, number one. And number two is you then get control because Google falls back on the site that it sees as the home of the entity. And you then get to cite in your knowledge panel yourself. That citation is your own text written about yourself, by yourself, for yourself, shown on Google as fact. So Wikipedia isn't necessarily a good path to go down. 
Which is great, except the Wikipedia panel for Ben Shapiro shows up next to my name. Yeah, no, sure. That's a specific problem. That's a problem with somebody who has an ambiguous name with the probability of somebody who's very famous. There is nothing you can actually do about that because this is Dawn Anderson again. The probabilistic situation is always going to beat you. The probability is always that people are searching for the Ben Shapiro that is next to your name. Your only way to beat that is by geo, by being less ambiguous, by creating this idea of Benjamin J. Shapiro, for example, or Ben J. Shapiro, so that people actually search for you more specifically. But once you have that ambiguous name, the tactics change completely and you're never going to get rid of the fact that Benjamin Shapiro or Ben Shapiro will show him instead of you unless he suddenly becomes not famous. Or I just need to get a bunch of people to search for Benjamin Shapiro and click on my website showing more demand for me as opposed to him. That's a very good point. In your particular case, that's unlikely. (laughs) In some cases, that would definitely be a tactic you could look at. I mean, when, once again, John Mueller and Gary Hirsch say that within Google, click-through rates and user behavior are not used for ranking, they say so very honestly in the sense that it isn't used for the basic ranking algorithms, which are the blue links or the rich elements, such as people also ask for videos or images. And we'll come to that in the Darwinistic approach that we're going to talk about in the third episode in this series. But when you talk to Nathan Chalmers, he says the whole page algorithm, which basically sits on top of all these other algorithms, is fundamentally based on user behavior. So when they say, no, it doesn't count in ranking, of course it doesn't. No, it would be ridiculous if you thought it was. But when the whole page algorithm comes into play, the whole page algorithm is there to ensure that what's appearing, what they're showing is actually relevant and useful, and that's user behavior. So it's a different algorithm that sits on top that actually uses this data. So you're right, you could get rid of this guy, but you, in your particular case, you would really have to work. So, you know, we've been focusing on the overlap between my name and the other Ben Shapiro, talking about, you know, ways to manufacture a knowledge graph listing. In reality, most brands don't have a competitor that has the same name as them. So from a brand perspective, talk to me about the use of creating a knowledge graph and what is the impact for individual brands without duplicate names? Right. I mean, if you don't have that problem of ambiguity, ambiguity is one of the biggest problems that Google has in this particular sphere. If you don't have that problem, the question is confidence. Is Google confident it's understood who you are? what you do and who your audience is. And once it's understood that, it will give you that knowledge panel. It doesn't judge you on how good or bad or notable or important you are in the world as a brand. It's just looking to understand. It's very, very simple. It's saying, do I understand? If I do, I will put it there if I'm confident that I've fully understood. So you're looking at confidence and that's all about corroboration. So as a brand, you need to communicate so that Google understands. That's the single most important thing. And what I love is that 20 years ago, having a keyword-rich brand name was really positive because Google would rank you because it was fooled by the fact that you had all these keywords in your brand name. Today, it's a major disadvantage because it creates ambiguity. And because Google is understanding entities, it has a lot of trouble disambiguating. And it has trouble also 
understanding what the intent of the user is. And a great example is Yellow Door, which is the name of several companies in the US, several companies in the UK. And you will see Yellow Door. You can have the Google My Business, you can have the Knowledge Panel, but you also get pictures of Yellow Doors. So today, having that ambiguous brand name is actually now a disadvantage because it's ambiguous, because the probabilistic situation is very much against you, especially with a name like Yellow Door. So what was great 10 years ago is no longer great. And a unique name is probably your best bet. There goes my chance of buying benshapiro.com. And that wraps up this episode of the Voices of Search podcast. Thanks for listening to my conversation with Jason Barnard, author, speaker, and consultant at Calicube. We'd love to continue this conversation with you. So if you're interested in contacting Jason, you could find a link to his LinkedIn profile in our show notes. You can contact him on Twitter where his handle is Jason M. Barnard, J-A-S-O-N-M-B-A-R-N-A-R-D. Or you could visit his company's website, which is calicube.pro, which is K-A-L-I-C-U-B-E dot P-R-O. And a special thanks to Previsible for sponsoring this podcast. If you're looking for support with all of your SEO needs, Previsible's integrated consulting model is there for you. They draw on a collective 40 years of SEO and digital marketing experience to help you unlock your organic search and growth opportunities. So join brands like Yelp, eBay, Canva, Atlassian, and Square, all who rely on SEO consultants at Previsible. For more information, go to previsible.io. That's P-R-E-V-I-S-I-B-L-E dot I-O. And a special thanks to Ahrefs for sponsoring this podcast. Monitoring your website used to require multiple expensive tools, but that's not the case anymore thanks to Ahrefs because they just launched their Ahrefs Webmaster Tools product, which monitors your SEO health, helps you keep track of your backlinks, and gives you the insight into what keywords are performing for free. So check out Ahrefs Webmaster Tools at ahrefs.com slash A-W-T. That's Ahrefs, A-H-R-E-F-S dot com slash A-W-T. Just one more link in our show notes I'd like to tell you about. If you didn't have a chance to take notes while you were listening to this podcast, just head over to voicesofsearch.com where we have summaries of all of our episodes and contact information for our guests. You can also send us your topic suggestions or your SEO questions. You can even apply to be a guest speaker on the Voices of Search podcast. And if you haven't subscribed and you want a daily stream of SEO and content marketing insights in your podcast feed, we're going to publish an episode every day during the work week. So hit the subscribe button in your podcast app and we'll be back in your feed tomorrow morning. All right, that's it for today. But until next time, remember, the answers are always in the data. Thank you.